Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. Today on the Callahan Show, well, it is over officially. Our longest war is over. And uh, today we asked the question, could it, had, could it have ended any worse? The United States of America, total surrender, total humiliation. We will recap a dark day in American history. They're throwing people, they're hanging people from our choppers. The Taliban are posing in our uniforms with our equipment and wearing our Oakleys at uh, the airport today or yesterday uh, we now know biden and the generals knew the suicide attack was coming we now know that we are leaving americans behind in harm's way we've left people behind and by the way dogs behind too just part of the absolute humiliation we will recap it all on today's callahan show brought to you by dcu why do dc members love their free checking accounts it's simple no monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, no strings attached. What's better is that with direct deposit to their free checking account, DCU members can get paid up to two days early. Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They will even remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and make the switch today at dcu.org slash free checking insured by NCUA membership required. All right, Carano, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, it is Tuesday, August 31st. I always hated this day as a kid. It was kind of the end of summer, the beginning of school. I didn't like it. September coming, days are shorter, it's cooler and, and all that. And it just I, it just bummed me out that summer was over. Uh, but uh, much, much worse now. Now it is officially, we should make it a holiday, a, a National Humiliation Day, Surrender Day. Everybody should take down their American flags and wave the white surrender flag or the white uh, Taliban flag, or as Joe, uh, Joe Biden likes to say, Taliban. Wave the Taliban flag. If you're uh, not paying attention to the news, it was, 
I'd say more humiliating than I ever imagined. More humiliating, humiliating than most Americans thought uh, it would be at the end of the war. The war in Afghanistan is over after 20 years. Joe Biden timed it this way because he thought it would give him a chance to take a bow on September 11th, the 20th anniversary, and brag that he ended it uh, in less than 20 years. Of course, Joe Biden is an absolute incompetent buffoon. And worse yet, he's surrounded by incompetent buffoons. And they botched the uh, withdrawal, the drawdown, like nobody ever imagined. It, 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 if, if you haven't paid attention, uh, we left people behind. That's kind of important. Uh, that's perhaps the most important thing. Although leaving the dogs behind is close. We left behind military dogs, dozens and dozens of dogs. We left behind all our stuff, all our stuff. And as we left, as the last guy, the general, General Donahue boarded the plane, uh, I believe he's a head of the uh, 82nd Airborne, boarded the plane, last plane out, which I guess we should consider uh, a, a positive because we left, we flew out a few C-17s yesterday. I thought we were going to leave those behind. I thought we were going to walk home and leave all the planes. I mean, it, it was close. It was close, and immediately the Taliban posed, as we knew they would, on the runway in the airport, they, you know, the, the Kabul airport, then uh, they are wearing, <clears throat> wearing our uniforms, which is amazing, because when you think of the Taliban, you think of the ragtag bunch of goat herders. Not anymore. They got camouflage uniforms. They got helmets. They got night vision goggles. They got our weapons. They got our planes. They got our tanks. They got our trucks. They got all our stuff. They uh, they have $85 billion in advanced U.S. weaponry, which makes them a pretty formidable force. Uh, there's never been a terrorist organization so well-equipped. Thank you to Uncle Sap. I just find this the that the, the footage is crazy to see. Like, we didn't get to see this 10 years right. ago and stuff. So just them, like, walking through the airport, kind of taking inventory— it's it's just it's, it's crazy. It's stunning. It's stunning, and it is uh, going to be on uh, Joe Biden's epitaph. The the he, the way he absolutely blew this cost the lives of uh, eleven Marines, uh, thirteen service people. It's going to cost the lives of many more Americans. Uh, he said over and over again, leading up to this day, that he would leave no American behind. Uh, newsflash: We left Americans behind. They are either going to be murdered or they're going to be taken hostage. Not, not all of them. Maybe some of them will escape, you know, on foot into Uzbekistan, but they're screwed. We have no diplomatic presence. We have no military presence. We have no base anywhere near, you know, China or Russia or Pakistan because uh, Joe wanted a photo up. That's the bottom line. I'm confused I, I, about the numbers too. So now they're saying they evacuated 5,000 Americans, but I thought that the number swelled to like 15,000 Americans here's, still in country. Here's, here's a little known fact, uh, by the way. Uh, I was going to have, uh, I was going to play a little game with you, Karana. I was oh. going to have you, because you're you know pretty smart guy, and I don't think I could do it. Keep saying that. I, I need you to play the role. You know, like a d debate team where you sure. pick a role. I want yeah. you. I want you to defend the surrender, defend it, make, you know, because people do it on Twitter. People do it on NBC. You know, people do it at the Washington Post. All right, Washington Post had a story saying the Biden administration deserves credit for this evacuation. Here's a, a little known fact that most Americans will find disgusting. We got 120 something, 122,000 people out. And obviously Jen Psaki is bragging about that every day. And, and many Biden stooges are out there saying how amazing that is. 5,400 Americans. That is 
fewer than 5%. That's like four, <clears throat> three something percent of the people we evacuated are Americans. We're just taking every refugee uh, who, you know, could could uh, force their way on a C-17. Well, to be fair, there were a lot more Afghans in country, you know, that were helping us out than there were American soldiers. Do you soldiers think all of them were helping us out? Or do you think no, they just no, took advantage no, of the situation? I think it was like a sieve and people and were getting I don't know it. the percentage, but there's some, some percentage of that 120,000 Afghan refugees are going to be people who yeah. uh, become extremists and maybe they, maybe they hurt us. As we know, uh, obviously, there are people who helped us and we should help them. But do you know that 40% of the people in Afghanistan, according to Pew, think suicide bombing is a legitimate tool to advance your agenda? Suicide bombing. Like the person, like what happened the other day outside the Kabul airport that killed 13 Americans and 170 Afghanis. They think that's a legitimate tool. 90-something, 95, 93% of Afghans think Sharia law is the way that the a country should be run. It's tough they when believe, you're taught that your entire life. It's tough. And we brought 120,000 of them to America. We're just going to say, hey, they helped. You know, good luck. Here's a, you know, here's, here's a, a, pay, a check. You know, good luck assimilating. There's going to be issues, as we've talked about in Europe, Afghan refugees have a tougher time assimilating than uh, many other refugees. But, you know, that's the... That's it's too late now. They're they're coming to America. We'll hope they adjust. We'll hope they assimilate, and we'll hope they don't uh, try to uh, force Sharia law and you know genital mutilation on the American communities that they move into. But uh, it's it, it's done. What's done is done. The Biden administration is very proud of this, bringing 120,000 refugees to America, leaving Americans behind in Kabul. It is impossible, impossible to dress this up to to. And I believe me, I've dealt with uh, people on Twitter and and talked to people in person who are trying to say, oh, what, what what could they have changed? How could they prevent this? And I just look in amazement and say, again, we left $85 billion worth of U.S. weaponry. We left people. We lost Marines. There's It would be impossible to do it any worse. We, I mean, the idea... That anybody out there, anybody thinks Joe Biden's competent is bizarre to it, me. It's the one thing that all Americans agree on right now. Did you see the poll? 85% of Americans think that the Biden administration botched this. They think, 80, I think it's 84% think we should have gotten the citizens, the uh, American citizens out before the military. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that's that complicated. We didn't do it. It's all on Joe Biden. The dead Marines, all on Joe Biden. The future hostages, all on Joe Biden. This was impossible to do any worse the, this uh, illuminated for the world to see just how over his head this pathetic, old, frail, feeble buffoon is. Everybody knows it. The idea that we're respected around the world, that's a punchline now. We're not respected around the world. We are mocked and ridiculed. And every, every tin pot dictator out there knows America is weak. We are weak. We lost to a band of friggin' goat herders. We lost to war to a band of six-century savages, and they didn't have airplanes or night vision goggles. They do now, thanks to Joe Biden, a nice housewarming gift, a nice parting gift. We left him a nice gift. I told you when I sold my last house, I left a, a couple of shovels and a wheelbarrow, nice wheelbarrow. No bottle of wine or something? No, 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 uh, no, I don't think so. But, they, you know, people buying a house seem nice, so... We left them some garden tools because I was moving into the city, didn't need them. And I thought that sure. was being pretty generous. I really did. We, you know, let some nice stuff. Um, 
Uh, this, I, I'm going to just say Joe Biden has taught me leaving. Oh, he has. Yeah, he's taught me. He's yes. taught me. Uh, leaving 42,000 pickup trucks. 42,000. It's, it, it, this is going to bug me for the next three and a half years. But I'll just remind everybody that we impeached Donald Trump for making a phone call to the Ukraine to say, you ought to look into the corruption of the Biden administration. That is so comical now. The corruption of the Biden family. I'm sorry, not the administration, the family. That's what he did. Perfectly appropriate. He was impeached. Then he was impeached for saying, uh, after he was out of office, for saying you should go to the Capitol and protest peacefully and patriotically. He was impeached for that after leaving office. And that worthless snake in the grass, Mitt Romney, voted for that. Voted to impeach a president for saying go down the Capitol and protest peacefully and patriotically. All right, Mitt, you snake. Would you say this as a more of a, uh, a high crime and a misdemeanor than that? Uh, surrendering a country, leaving 13 service people in harm's way to get blown up by a suicide bomber that you knew was coming. That's one of the stories. And trust me, it is hard to keep up. It is hard to keep up with the scandals. I'm here to help. Carano's here to help. Yes. It is not easy. I know you You might be going to work. You might be working out. You might be taking a walk, walking your dog. I'm going to keep you abreast of the scandals. I think this was in the, uh, the Washington, no, this was in the um, Washington Post yesterday. The Taliban offered the Biden administration a deal. They said, we will stay out of Kabul. You can have the airport and the city until you're done evacuating. They wanted us out. They didn't care that we took the Americans. They wanted us out. The Biden administration said, no, you can keep the city. We'll take the airport. That's it. Just the airport. As we saw, the chaos ensued and Marines died and the and, and the world laughed at the way we handled it. Well, and it was because, so the Taliban approached the United States apparently because there was all this violence starting to happen in the streets of Kabul when it was clear that the Americans were going to pull out. And they're like, you need to either secure that city or we're coming in to secure it because we can't have this happening. And right, and the Biden administration was like, no, we'll take the airport. You take Kabul. See ya. There was a another story uh, that said the, the uh, and and they referred to this uh, Millie and, and Austin last week that an attack was coming, an attack was imminent. In the next twenty four hours, a suicide bomber is going to strike. They knew it was coming, and they left these Marines, these thirteen Marines or 12, 11 Marines, an Army guy and a, and, a, and a Navy medic, and by the way, the 15 or 17 who are, uh, you know, in, still in the hospital who were wounded. So that's about 30 service people. They left them completely vulnerable. The reason, and, and, and somebody yesterday was saying, you, you shouldn't put the grieving mother of a dead Marine on the air. Like it's too raw. It's too, you know, I'm like, what? That, that, that woman doesn't deserve a right to speak. Of course you put her on. If they, again, if Trump were president or Bush did, she did be, you know, leading the news every night on NBC. But the mother we played yesterday, the mother of Riley McCollum, a 20-year-old Marine who was blown up by the suicide bomber, the the the, uh, uh, the young Marine, female, Latinic, Latinx, Hispanic Marine from Lawrence, Johanny Rosario. They were blown up. And Millie and Austin and Blinken and Biden knew it was coming. They knew it was coming. It came. And by the way, again, 170 Afghans. This was a very effective suicide bomb. This did incredible damage to us, to them, to everybody. And 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 they knew it was coming. And and we're still there and they're hanging out at the gates. 
of Kabul and they're, you know, talking to people and helping them and doing their jobs when their bosses knew this was coming. That is that if that's not impeachable, I don't know what the hell is. I mean, not just Biden. God knows Blinken and Millie and Austin, the whole worthless bunch of these lying slugs. That that to me is one of the big developments here is the disgust the U.S. public and, by the way, the enlisted men, the veterans have with their leaders. I've never seen such disgust and disrespect, such disdain for the leaders of the military. I, mean, I grew up, you just assumed, you know, the generals, the head of the Joint Chiefs were badasses, were, were you know, good, experienced soldiers, Marines that were, that, that lived an exemplary life and, and had a great career. These guys are sleazebags. You know, like Millie went to Harvard and he still thinks like he's in the faculty lounge at Wesleyan or something. They're creeps. They're political hacks. And they put Marines, 20-year-old Marines. There was five 20-year-olds. That means they were babies when this war started. Half my age. Babies. <laughs> they're children and they're dead because their leaders are incompetent and callous. And the next time someone tells me that the the advantage of Biden over, over Trump is Biden has empathy or compassion, I think I'm going to, I'm going to spit in their face. And the, the thought that this pathetic old fool has compassion. Have you seen it? I mean, looking at your watch when you're at Dover Air Force Base, when they're delivering the uh, remains to the parents, to the, to the families, and you're checking your watch because you want to get home and see Wheel of Fortune, have some chalky chocolate chip uh, before getting to bed is nauseating. That's your leader. Compassion. My ass, compassion. I, so I wanted to get back to your point about Kathy McCollum, who, came, who uh, called into a radio station a couple couple days ago to talk about her her fallen um, soldier son, Riley. I think it's different if it's if they're being used as a political prop. So if you got the, you know, the Democratic establishment, you know, pushing people yeah. in front of cameras you know, to, to get their way or to, you know, to get the national discourse to turn a certain way, that's one thing. But that's not what's happening with, um, the parents of of these fallen soldiers, they're they're calling into radio stations. They're doing this like on their the own. Democrats use that that Muslim father whose son was killed, and I, f I forget his name. He's still a prominent uh, activist, and he was a big Hillary supporter. And he attacked Trump, and Trump couldn't really fight back. He did because it's his nature, but you know that's a gold so star so father. Yeah, it's only so far you can go. So that's someone who's being used by a politician. This woman, Kathy McCollum, called in. Uh, on her own to the show to Andrew Wilkow and just spilled her, uh, let her heart, uh, poured her heart out. Yeah. It was riveting. It was, it was raw. It was real. She called uh, <laughs> Biden a dementia ridden what? piece of crap, which I think is apropos, uh, a, a pretty solid description of the uh, completely confused and incompetent commander in chief, who, by the way, will be speaking today. Uh, he'll be trying to, at least trying to say a few sentences at one thirty because he couldn't do it. Yesterday he was supposed to speak, as well he should have. The day you surrender, the day you lose our longest war, the commander-in-chief has an obligation to step in front of the cameras and reporters, or I should say reporter, because Peter Ducey will be there. He didn't. He didn't. He went sleepy by a little early. He went, he went, he, they tucked, uh, Jill, Dr. Jill tucked him in, and they said, nah, we can't talk. It's like when you, you know, visit uh, grandma at the nursing home or in the hospital and they say, yeah, she's had a long day. I think it's time. It's time to go. Maybe tomorrow. And it's like, you know, six o'clock and Grammy has to go to sleep. That's how it works. That's how our commander in chief is handled and coddled. He went to bed before speaking to the American public. 
And you don't want to make it too early this morning. You know, he again, he's got that, what's he watching that cooking show? Great, a, great British Baking great, Challenge. Oh, right, great, I don't, I don't watch the this Great thing, British yeah. Baking Challenge. That's yeah. his favorite. He's going to be watching that this morning and probably having a little, uh, some Mapo. You know what Mapo is? No, what's yeah, Mapo? You're too young. What, what is it? It's like, uh, it's like, like oatmeal? oatmeal. Yeah, Mapo. But what, why not just have oatmeal then? What's Because the... Mapo's like a brand, but it's old. How about cream of wheat? You know what that is? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. I had that a lot as a kid. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Mapo, same thing. I don't know the difference, but he's going to have a bowl of Mapo and, uh, it, he, he'll, um, Speak at 1.30, he'll stumble and bumble and embarrass himself again, kind of like he did yesterday. This is not a big story because, again, it's Joe Biden. He's protected. But as you said before we started recording, if, if this were Trump or Bush or whoever, it'd be the biggest story of the day when he uh, sat. And, and I'm telling you, I heard this sound and I was getting ready to be uh, embarrassed for him because Joe Biden, if you missed well, it. Well, that's like called, the initial response when this, you see it, someone step all over himself like that. It's it's hard not to just. He called his advisor a black guy, Cedric Richmond. Do I have that name right? I think it was Cedric Richmond, but he butchered uh, it too. He, he called him boy, boy. A, a grown man calling a black guy boy. But we'll play it and you tell me what's the most disturbing part. That he's, that he calls the black guy boy or that he's just completely lost again and rambling and bumbling and, and, and the job He's talking about the hurricane, whether it's the war or the hurricane or whatever, the job, the number one job of the president is to reassure, to comfort, right? To console, to make people feel like things are under control. He does the exact opposite. Every time he speaks, you go, holy crap, that's the guy in charge. That's the one picking people like Anthony Blinken or Lloyd Austin or the rest of these clowns in this absolute clown show. Blinken, by the way, who was asked a question about surrendering yesterday and turned and ran like a coward. They, they, I mean, Tony Blinken, you think you're too important to answer questions from the U.S. public who wants answers and you can't give them answers, you hopeless hack. It's in there. You, you got this, you're the friggin' Secretary of State for some reason. I wouldn't trust that guy if I owned a friggin' ice cream store to scoop ice cream. I wouldn't trust him to... To, to run a 7-Eleven, he's the Secretary of State, and he's so over his head, and he won't even answer questions. He won't even deign to, to answer questions from the, from the little people out there. But back to Joe Biden talking about the hurricane, which I believe was over at that point, right? I think so, yeah. Now, I mean, there yeah. was damage done, but there was a surrender going on as he's speaking about the hurricane, but he's holding one of these electronic, you know, meetings with his other people from Zoom meeting type of things uh, where he's... I guess we should be grateful he doesn't pull a tube and, you know, he's kind of old and confused, doesn't pull it out and start playing with it. But he didn't. He, he talked about, uh, introduced some of the people, including his boy, Cedric Richmond. Good afternoon, everybody. We're waiting for a few more people to get on, but we're going to get started, if that's okay with you all. And thanks for joining me. I'm here. Uh, uh, the FEMA director is on. Uh, uh, uh director Chris Wells, she, she, she's on, and I'm here with, uh, with my senior advisor and, uh, boy who knows Louisiana very, very well, man. <laughs> did he say his name there? Cause he, he does, he, he does, know, he bought, what do you call him? Cedric so, something. So, right? yeah, he he <laughs> mumbled, I didn't actually capture it cause I, um, I just got to the, the boy part and then I shut it off, but, but no, he just, he, he, he lurched through the but end they, of that. But, they, but the last time so we botched the name was a little weird. The name <laughs> of the, uh, <laughs> right, FEMA, director. FEMA director. This is Cedric 
Richmond, <laughs> spelled just like the city. John Cedric Smith. Richmond. And he's looking at it in the teleprompter and he botches it. And he calls him, boy, God, what an absolute buffoon. But to keep you updated, the generals and the president knew a suicide bomber was coming. The generals and the president were offered a chance to control the entire city a few weeks ago to get our people out, and they declined. They said, no, you're good. You guys, you know, handle security. The Taliban. How did that go? The Taliban let a suicide bomber through. He blew up 170 people, including 13 of our people. That is all on Joe Biden, Mark Milley, Lloyd Austin, Tony Blinken, all on them. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah, we left dogs behind, left dogs behind. I mean, there's a lot of people out there, including me, who like dogs more than people. This is disgusting. This is the kind of people we have leading the surrender. People who, and they're not just left behind, they're in crates. If you let them run wild, maybe in the city they could fend for themselves, themselves. fight for the country, (laughs) eat garbage. They're in crates. And do we think the Taliban's going to take good care of them? I guess if they're well-trained police, uh, military dogs, maybe they will. They got everything else. Uh, If you haven't seen the pictures, I tweeted it out. Uh, I retweeted the Daily Mail. They are stunning. I said in the tweet, this is a picture of total humiliation. They're in our uniform. I meant to tell you the most annoying part. They're in our uniforms. They have our weapons. They're in our planes. They're in our trucks. They're in our base. There are pictures of beautiful aircraft. They all belong to the Taliban now. And I think this is the worst thing yet. They're all wearing like brand new Oakleys. They, 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 they've never owned sunglasses in their lives. We've seen them for 20 years, the Taliban. Squinting. They, they're <laughs> squinting into that hot uh, you know, Afghan sun. You know, before the dragon blows out the sun at sunset. Right. <laughs> they are wearing brand new Oakleys. How, how was, I understand you can't take whatever, a, 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 a armored personnel carrier with you. Maybe you can't fit it on the plane. How could you not fit the night vision goggles, the sunglasses and the uh, tech, uh, the, the, what do you, what do you call it? the biotech? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, right. The There's stuff a, they're using. It's they called the APPS. The, this is, uh, oh, oh no! I saw I, you're right. The uh, right. The I can't stuff that the they track are yes. uh, the, they're going to use to track our collaborators, our interpreters. They read the irises, their scans in their eye. They have a database that has the name and addresses of all the people who helped us. How disturbing can you get? They're right now, and there were stories yesterday of them going door to door, tracking them down, and they're not just guessing. Thanks to Joe Biden. They have names and addresses. These poor, poor people, the ones who couldn't, you know, fight their way onto a C-17. Maybe they're old or maybe they're female or whatever. Maybe they were out in the country, out in the mountains. They couldn't get there. They're just waiting to be, they're just hoping they get a bullet in the, between the eyes and they don't get tortured for days on end or thrown out of a chopper. All right. I want to, you to tell me like the most humiliating moment of each presidency that you can remember. And I'll start. I'll say, and it, it's totally unfair because it's Trump and the media lied about him. But when he said something about, you know, injecting a uh, uh, cleaning fluid, not, you know, he tried to say, maybe we could use that, that theory when you have a cleaning fluid that kills the virus to yeah, use it yeah, somehow. Yeah. He's talking about injecting bleach it, kind of. Is yeah, that, that's the, how it was spun. That's how it was spun. And they mocked and ridiculed him. And I'm sure all those, those, those hilarious late night comics had a blast with it or you know he once allegedly mimicked a, a reporter who had uh, uh, I don't know cerebral palsy allegedly I don't think it's true but whatever they use that picture and obviously there's you know Bush George uh, 
George H.W. Bush looked at his watch during a debate, and that was supposed to be embarrassing. Uh, George W. Bush, you know, said some dumb things now and again, and you know they'd use the clip over and over and just say he's a, a dummy. Uh, what is it? Nuclear? Uh, nuclear? Yeah, nuclear. He had a hard time with that one. I thought we would never see a visual, a a, a photo, a video more humiliating than people jumping, not jumping, falling from uh, aircraft. C-17s were taken off, and Afghans wanted out so bad they held onto the fuselage or the landing gear, and they fell out. And we saw the picture, and Bush, and and Biden, uh, you know, the the compassionate, empathetic Biden was asked about it, and he said, "That was four days ago, George. That was a long time ago." You tell me. You could ever top this, and okay, how about we'll we'll talk about just videos or photos from, from historic you know moments like they're in, all small ignominious moments like, a, like the like the, the the roof of the embassy in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all top this. You have a U.S. helicopter. If you haven't seen it, I don't know which kind—an Apache or a, uh, I'll check a U.S. helicopter—and they are hanging people from it. Just like in Scarface, which is my favorite scene in the whole movie, because he has the conversation, and he says, I like you, Tony. There's no lying in you. And he says, that, as far as I know, that piece of shit up there could have gotten my friend killed. And he and he didn't flinch. He wanted to do business. They took his, his you know, his fr- not friend, the guy he went down to uh, Columbia with, and they hung him from a helicopter. Well, they were doing that yesterday. The Taliban was doing it from our choppers. They have people who can fly them. And hold them steady so that they could hang people, collaborators of ours, people who helped us. Or maybe they're just women that went outside without a face covering. You know, kind of like what we do here. We punish people without who go outside without face coverings. Well, over there, they hang them from helicopters, which is probably going to give de Blasio some ideas, you know, or, or Newsom. But um, they were doing that yesterday. The fun has just begun for the Taliban. They control the country. They've controlled the country before. I believe it was from 96 to 2001, during which, by the way, there were three countries in the whole world that recognized them. Now the United States has gotten 115 countries to sign a letter essentially recognizing them. So they Recogni- from- yes, and asking for their help to make yeah. sure that U.S. citizens and, get and, out. And yes. they were asked, I believe Jake Sullivan was asked two days ago, if they would uh, recommend or agree that the Taliban should get a seat at the United Nations. And Sullivan, another completely overmatched, incompetent buffoon, didn't, he said, I don't want to get ahead of myself. He wouldn't answer because there is no satisfaction. I mean, the answer is yes, the U.S. is going to be sitting at the U.N., in New York, they're going to have reps of the Taliban sitting at the UN, probably wearing like nice suits that they got from us, you know. Wearing, with the Oakleys, yes, of course. With the Oakleys. Uh, but they, they have, they, over 100 countries have signed this letter, like sexually acknowledging or, uh, the Taliban. When they ran the country before, A, they didn't run the whole country. There was the Northern Alliance. B, they didn't have any planes or night vision goggles or trucks or helicopters or, or you know, uh, all the other toys or it's the machine guns that they have now, we gave that to them. They didn't have the embassy we gave them or the air base we gave them, gave them all that stuff. And we're now recognize them, recognize them, recognizing them as legitimate government when we thought of them before as just a, a, a evil band of Islamic terrorists, which is what they are. But we have elevated them. We've legitimized them. Yesterday, 
One of the general, oh, which one? I don't have it down. Maybe you can find it. One of the generals called them our gracious hosts or our, our, our something like our helpful hosts. A general, a United States general called them our something, our helpful hosts or gracious hosts or something. That's how far we have fallen. That's the level of, of, of humiliation and surrender we've reached where we're commending the Taliban who let the suicide bomber through through the security checkpoint to blow up 13 young service people. It is disgusting. Um, Joe Biden in the last, I think, month said at least 21 times publicly that we would leave no man behind. I mean, you know, it's probably kind of a cliche, but he said it. So did, you know, Austin and Milken and Blinken and the whole rest of these sleazebags all said we'd leave no man behind, no American behind. It's General McKenzie. McKenzie, who was head uh, in charge of the whole operation. And what was the word he used? Uh, helpful and useful. Helpful, helpful and useful hosts. hosts. Yeah. Helpful and useful. Can you imagine being a family member of not just the 13 who were murdered the other day, but the 2,500 we've lost in this war, people who've lost legs? I want you to go to my man, Joey, Johnny Joey Jones. He's the veteran. He's a Fox guy. He's a, a really good Analysts. See, I'm sick of these analysts being think tank generals. I want the analysts to be uh, enlisted Marines who uh, had their legs blown off. That's what I want. I want it to be Johnny Joey Jones or you know, Robert O'Neill or Dakota Meyer or the uh, Marcus and uh, Luttrell. I want those guys to be the military analysts that the networks go to because they're so much better at this than these think tank hack generals that, you know, quit the military, go work at Raytheon or go get a master's degree from Harvard. Um, he was tweeting, live tweeting the uh, left uh, press conference, and it was heartbreaking. He lost both legs in Afghanistan. He was watching as these generals uh, stood before the cameras and surrendered, and he had to sit there and say, "I'm, I'm, I'm broke." Uh, uh, find uh, I, it was like midday yesterday. Find Joey Jones's tweets because they were just heart wrenching. Talking about watching this thing go down. Like it's easy to call a Taliban a friend or partner when you haven't bled. Unfortunately, I don't get that luxury. Yeah, he has bled. Uh, he has to, right, he has to watch a general, call them a helpful and useful partner. And he's sitting there with trying to strap on his, you know, prosthetic two legs. legs. Yeah. So he says, uh, if you want to know what betrayal is, or do you want to know what betrayal is, have a man who commanded you to die or lose limbs fighting the Taliban, address the world speaking glowingly about the Taliban. Ooh. But to go so far as to be a spin doctor for an organization that literally tortures people, oppresses them, and kills them, how dare you, and how dare you ever, ever look troops in the face again and order them into combat? You don't deserve it. See, that was, that was outstanding. That's betrayal. <clears throat> we keep saying surrender. I keep saying surrender. Withdraw. Hell, the Biden administration is still bragging about the evacuation where they get out 120,000 refugees and <clears throat> 5,000 Americans. They're bragging about that when we lost, obviously, 13 service people, when we gave up billions in armaments and, and, and embassies and, and air bases. And a guy like Joey Jones has to sit there. He can't stand there because he lost both legs, but he has to sit there and watch a general speak glowingly about the people who blew his legs off. 
You just mentioned McKenzie and uh, Joey Jones says this press conference by general McKenzie has done more to undermine our service and sacrifice than anything I've seen in the last 11 years since my injury. And uh, this is how uh, enlisted people feel. And I'm I'm just going to generalize. This is how they feel. They're disgusted with their leaders. They're disgusted with their president. And they're thinking, why, why did I go there? This must, this must be doing so much harm to recruitment and morale. Uh, I mean, you're, and we saw that guy, Stu Scheller, the lieutenant colonel who quit, who's kind of become, uh, you know, the voice of the resistance because he quit and he gave up. He said, I don't want my pension. I don't want anything. He says, we've just begun this this movement because he absolutely eviscerates the leaders, Millie and and, and McDermott and, uh, and, and Austin and the whole bunch of them. And unlike Colonel Vinman, who was praised and commended and advanced because he attacked our commander-in-chief. That's different. That's different. You could do that. You can attack Trump. You can't attack the Biden regime. So he was punished immediately, booted out of the Marines after 17 years. But uh, they're not, he's not going away quietly. I assume you'll see him on Fox. I'm not sure where else you'll see him. You'll probably see him on you know, podcasts and, and radio shows, but he's going to be good. He's out there, a decorated Marine, 17 years, led troops into battle, and he is like a lot of... Uh, like a lot of uh, soldiers and Marines. Well, and also disgusted. You, me- you mentioned that um, that that's actually being shown. Um, you've got private citizens and retired military personnel who are leading missions outside of the government. They're just, they're just taking it upon themselves to lead missions yeah, they, to they, get what people they call out. The Pineapple Express. I heard saw the Pineapple they're Express. They're a bunch a of veterans who were trying to get uh, the people who assisted them. You know, they're gen- they worked with them every day. I hope they know the. The good ones from the bad. They know who they're getting out. They know who helped us. How about Glenn Beck, by the way? And I, I retweeted, someone pointed this out. Glenn Beck is leading a mission. I'm not sure who's bankrolling. It's some Christian with deep pockets, private planes flying into Afghanistan, getting Christians out. And he said the government, or you know, the, the, the various governments, I think they were in, he wouldn't even say it was in, he was in a neighboring country where they are, uh, they have layovers and he said, I can't tell you which country because then the, the United States will, will of course, yeah. you know, they'll stop us. They'll obstruct us. He said the only thing standing in their way is the State Department and the military. Everyone else, you know, like the neighboring countries or even the Taliban, they, don't, they wanted them out. He's flying in private planes to get persecuted Christians out of um, Afghanistan. And apparently he's doing it with great success. He's getting out like thousands. And... Someone tweeted this, and I thought it was a great point. So Glenn Beck, I know he's well off. Uh, I know he's rich, but he's a talk show host. Where's Jeff Bezos? You know, where's Bill Gates? Bill Gates, who's always trying to make people's life more difficult, and he wants you to drink your own feces, and he wants you to, you know, stop eating meat. Does he give a damn about his fellow Americans? Does he give a damn about innocent people who might die at the hands of the Taliban? Because he sure as hell has airplanes. He sure as hell has the means. Why don't Bezos and Gates and Bloomberg fly in their planes? Why is it Glenn Beck? Why is it up to Glenn Beck, a freaking talk show host, to save these people? Why can't the moguls, the oligarchs, why can't Jack Dorsey send some of his airplanes into Afghanistan, Uzbekistan, or wherever the... The uh, refugees are at this point and fly them here. Well, they're all, they all have government contracts, so they can't do that or they risk losing it. Same, you know, all the billionaires do, but the, the group 
that you were referring to that Glenn Beck is working with is called the Nazarene Fund. And the Nazarene Fund, opera, uh, so they basically, they try to extract Christians who are held in slavery. And obviously they're focused on Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. And he's, he was on, I think he was on Tucker the other night and he was at some undisclosed location. And I'm like, that is remarkable. I you know, have trouble going to the grocery store without forgetting stuff. I mean, this guy can fly you know, 8,000 miles away, find persecuted Christians, get them on a plane, get them here. I mean, uh, there must be so many hurdles to clear. It's so much red tape and he's doing it. And, you know, I'm sure the liberals in the mainstream media or in the Biden regime hate it, but he's saving people's lives. Beck is, uh, so he says that they've rescued a total of 5,000 refugees wow. from Afghanistan. This is on uh, that's August 26th. It's probably more. So he's gotten out as many people as the U.S. has gotten out citizens. Yes. We've gotten out 5,000 citizens. Yeah. We left some behind, of course, but you know, what can you do? And now we just wait. And I guess we just wait We're for the hostage Jake. situation, for the public ex executions. The other thing that's happened in the last 20 years, since last time uh, Taliban was in control, other than the fact that U.S. now has legitimized them and armed them, is that everybody... Even in Afghanistan, well, not everybody, but lots of people have phones and cameras and they're you know, quick to, yeah. to upload everything. Yeah. We're going to see, you know, whatever, the, the, the honor killing, the next honor killing. We're going to see the next woman stoned to death for adultery. We're going to see people, we already have seen people hanged from U.S. helicopters. We got Tony V here saying uh, Glenn Beck is a clown. We remember him during the Trump election. Well, yeah, but he's... Raised, he's helped raise $30 million and he's pull, helped pull 5,000 people out of Afghanistan. So, you know, you got to have a little bit of nuance in that argument. Yes, I, I mean, not, I, not, I, anybody, I not say, everybody's I, one way. If this were in somebody I hate, if this were, uh, you know, whatever, John Oliver or Jimmy Kimmel, I would say I hate him, but I, my hat's off great, to him. Yeah, exactly. He's doing a great uh, thing here. Glenn Beck's a clown, a clown who organized these trips and saved 5,000 persecuted Christians from Afghanistan. You think he's a clown, Tony? Uh, honestly, I mean, it, it must be difficult. That's why I said I wanted you to role play today. You, you're going to LARP. You're going to play the role of I'm ready to do it. Biden spinster. Help me out. What do you say today? If you're a hopeless Biden stooge, if you work at the Boston Globe or the Washington Post or you're Jen Rubin or you're, you know, Matthew Dowd or you, you whoever, if you're uh, uh, Don Lemon, what do you say? You have these photos, these videos, as I said, the pictures, the uh, epitome of, of, of surrender, of humiliation. It could not have been done worse, this surrender. Hell, just the fact that we're, we left early and left Americans behind, that's pretty easy for people to understand. I'm guessing I'm not the only one totally disgusted by the Biden regime at this point. What do you say if you're one of their uh, acolytes, one of their uh, slobbering uh, fluffers in the it's media. It's been a 20-year war. We've spent, you know, $3 trillion, of dollars, $3 trillion there, and there have been 3,000 U.S. deaths and, and countless other Afghan deaths. Yeah. It, was, it, it was time, time to, to get go. out. That's what they're going to say. But as Peter Ducey keeps reminding Saki and President Biden, everyone wanted out. Everyone was supporting, the, you know, withdrawal. Everyone wanted out. The way he did it could not have been worse. The way he did it was the ultimate humiliation. And by the way, he's a freaking liar. Not only is he a coward who won't take questions, I shouldn't say a coward because I don't think he was physically able. He's obviously, he's compromised. He's old, he's frail, he's weak, he's tired. We heard that FEMA press briefing. That was in the middle of the day. He, it was announced he was going to come out last night. 
and uh, talk about the surrender, and he didn't. And that's rescheduled for today at 1.30. That's probably the prime time for him to have the most energy possible. Oh, I bet, yeah. And he'll make a statement, and people will shout questions, and he'll turn and run like a coward because, you know, people expected to give their lives for this country, but the president can't give a, a, an answer to, to a couple of questions. Here's Tony again. 80% of Glenn Beck's refugees will vote Democrat. That doesn't matter. It's saving people's lives. <laughs> Who cares how they vote? <laughs> and you also have to, like, I, I hate this too. There's so much partisanship that's gone on in this country. It happened through Trump, as you know. If you're a Trump supporter, you saw it happen the other way. Well, now it's going... You know, Republican at Biden, but you have to recognize this is the fault of the last four administrations. It's W for getting us into these engagements and the rest of them not getting us out. It's it's the U.S. federal government running amok around the world, killing hundreds of thousands of people, spending trillions of your tax dollars that were stolen from you, by the way. Stolen from you. This is done in your name. You can't be partisan here. This is the fault of the federal government. We need to wake up and realize it's the elite doing this, not Republican or right. Democrat. They're basically the same. It is uh, in the, you know, the, I don't even know who coined the term, you know, the military industrial complex, but yes. you've never seen it. The curtain has been pulled back oh. and you see these, these loathsome, these hacks like Millie and Austin and you say, and McDermott, you say, these are the people, these are supposed to be, you know, war fighters, guys who win wars. These, these guys, the guy who just lost this war, Mark Milley, a month ago was talking about, I want to understand my white rage. And he was talking about reading, you know, Robin D'Angelo and Ibrahim Kindi and reading Lenin and Marx. And I'm going, what the hell? Shouldn't you be reading intelligence reports well, well, out of, out of Kabul? Well, why is that? Why is the military now like goodwill mission military? No, the military are there to protect our borders and to kill people. It sucks. I hate to say it, but why is the military using for good? When you, when you do that, then you have to get all these political and socio, socio, socio economic stuff that has, has to go in. Does that make, you know what I'm saying? Like the military's it, there to, to, to wreck things and kill people. It, it's sad because I think that's going to be one of the casualties here is people have going to lose faith completely in the military, and especially the military, the leadership, the generals, the, the the admirals. Hell, that John Kirby, that slug, is a former admiral, and now he's a spokesperson, he, and his job is to stand up there and lie for Biden every day and say, gee, no one could have seen this coming. That I've decided. You know, the Biden, or I should say the Democrat strategy, was to call anyone who questioned the legitimacy of the election <clears throat> last year the big lie, you know, the big lie is a Nazi term. And you can do that if you're a Democrat, you can use Nazi terms. They said, you know, Lindsey Graham or, or Josh Hawley or Ted Cruz, oh, they're uh, just advancing the big lie. But that wasn't the big lie. All they were doing was questioning, you know, some of the fraud that took place. The big lie is that no one could have seen this coming. No one thought the Afghan government would fall in 11 days. No one thought the Afghan military was not ready to fight. That is a lie. That is a 100% lie told by Biden, told by Blinken, told by Milley, told by Austin, over and Saki, over and over again. Nobody believes it. Everybody knows when you spend 20 years training a force, when you spend 20 years in the country working with these people, you know whether they're going to stand up. They knew that Ghani snake was going to bail with, you know, in a chopper with $160 million. By the way, I learned this last night on Tucker. Ghani went to Colombia. That's a big shock. The president who just... <laughs> who hit turn tail and ran. Um, and his kid, I think his son or daughter, worked for the Pete Buttigieg for president campaign. This is the former president of Afghanistan who, who ran and hid like a coward in like two days. That guy 
we knew wasn't going to stand up. Every time Biden or, Mil or uh, Milley or Blinken says it, they're lying. They're lying to you. Just like the last 21 times Joe Biden was asked if we were going to leave uh, Americans behind. We will get to the big lie told over and over again. And there's nothing, nothing Donald Trump said, nothing uh, Reagan or, or Nixon or even Obama. Uh, I guess Obama's had a couple of whoppers. Like, you know, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Well, there was that but one, yes. This lie did more damage to the country around the world than anything I can remember a president, you know, lying about. Lying, saying, oh, yeah, we didn't know, you know, who, who's, we thought the Afghan uh, military was going to hold up. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You absolutely knew they were going to fall. You absolutely knew they weren't going to fight. You absolutely knew. You just thought it would take a month, get you to September 11th, take a bow, have a ceremony, you know, a little flyover, a little party, say, aren't we amazing? We ended the war. And then if they fell in October, November, yeah, no big deal. Out of sight, out of mind. You knew they weren't there for the long haul. They weren't there to fight. But we'll get to the, the big lie. Another big lie. That's one. The other one is, you know, we'll leave no American left behind. Another big fat whopper told by Sleepy Joe over and over again. I'm going to do Shea and then we'll get to that. We'll get to the big lie. But let's talk about Shea. Did you know that Shea Concrete is the largest manufacturer of recon retaining wall systems in North America? Well, you do now. In fact, in 2020, Shea set a new company record when they man manufactured 178,000 square feet of retaining wall. This is a testament to Shea's legendary teamwork from engineering to manufacturing to dispatch and delivery. As the guys at Shea like to say, teamwork makes the teamwork. They do. I've, seen them. I've been around them when they say that. Shea Concrete's high-performing precast concrete retaining walls stand up to New England's active climate and come in a wide variety of shapes designs, and textures to meet your retaining wall needs. So whether you need a residential, a commercial, or an industrial application, Shea has a dedicated team that will assist you with conceptual design, site walks, and installation. Let Shea show you the way. Call Shea Concrete at 800-696-SHEA. That's 800-696-SHEA. Or just log on to SheaConcrete.com. I, um, I think it's the guy, uh, guy Curtis... Uh, Oh, get newsbusters compiled the 21 times Joe Biden said he will not leave an American left behind. He promised he vowed. That's what commanders in chief do. You know, they lay down the law. These ragtag band of goat herding terrorist scumbags are not going to uh, get their hands on any Americans. There's not going to be a hostage situation here. No, sir. By the way, last time a Democrat president allowed a hostage situation, it cost him the presidency, and it cost him his reputation for eternity. Jamie Carter was always, still is, thought of as a weakling uh, because he allowed the, uh, the Ayatollah and company to take our Americans for 444 days. Reagan took office, got them out, you know, three days later. Uh, any, or was it one day later? Got them out immediately. Well, that could happen here because we know there are hundreds or if not thousands of Americans stuck in Afghanistan. And can you imagine there's no embassy to go to, you know, there's no military base to you go gotta to. You got to go to a border. I mean, there's no airport, right? What do you the, do? Your best is to like crawl across the border into Uzbekistan. And then what? Find Glenn Beck. Maybe, I don't know. You are totally, completely screwed. Maybe you can, you know, grow your beard out and fit in and no one, and if you stay in the mountains, no one will bother you. But 
if you're the Taliban and we've seen them already dancing in in the aisles of uh, of the airport and the airbase uh, and wearing our stuff and waving our guns and flying our planes and flying our choppers, you're not through humiliating Joe Biden. You're just begun. And what's the next step? Let's grab us a couple of Americans. I believe there's a, down the street in the second floor that that, that there's a, there a couple of them hiding. Let's grab them. Let's have some fun and let's demand. There's plenty of things they could demand, by the way. We have billions of frozen Afghanistan assets in this country, uh, or Taliban assets, frozen you know, from 20 years ago. They want those unfrozen. They want the seat at the UN. You know, they want whatever uh, uh, protections they can get uh, or promises they can get from Biden. Grab a couple hostages, you know, here. How about those last remaining guys, our guys at Gitmo? We want them out. Last time we gave them uh, a deserter, a low-life scum like Bo Bergdahl, a deserter for five Taliban commanders. So a couple of, eh, I don't know, a, a couple of merchants, you know, a couple of guys who, uh, you know, whatever, deal in, I don't know, whatever they deal in in Afghanistan. What do they deal besides poppy seeds? What do they sell over there? Oh, Anything? I don't know the... <laughs> yeah, a couple of, farming is a couple of low-level heroin dealers <laughs> maybe but like or maybe they want training to help uh fight isis or maybe they want us to target isis i mean you don't know this, this engagements might get even more entangled so you grab them you got hostages and then and they, it's not like they only get one or two they have hundreds if not thousands because Joe Biden lied, and people will die. I don't. He's, I still don't get the number. We we've evacuated five thousand. They said fifteen thousand right. a week ago. But so there's are, are there ten thousand Americans left in the country? They don't know. They will. They first of all they, they lie. They're saying they hundreds. Keep, now. They keep saying they don't know. They don't know because they all didn't register. Well, I'm gonna guess if they reached out from wherever <laughs> from hiding and reached out with an email or a phone call to the State Department or to anybody, if they did it and called, you know, Glenn Beck and said, "I'm stuck here." Then we know they're there. We know they're alive for now. But uh, let's uh, look back you know, a long way back, last you know, two, three weeks, when Joe Biden promised to leave no man left behind. Understand the troops might have to be there beyond August 31st. No, Americans should understand that we're going to try to get it done before August 31st. But if we don't, the if, troops will if stay. If we don't, we'll determine at the time who's left. And? And if there are American force, if there's American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all out. Steffi had to say, "Go on." <laughs> what was that? Like Steffi was like mouthing it. And we'll leave no one behind, Joe. <laughs> so Joe, we we'll leave no man behind. Well, that old adage that we left no—that's that's out. Look, like with a lot of things, that's out under the Biden regime. We are leaving people behind, and we're just waiting the next shoe to fall and it ain't pretty um maybe you know when the taliban is in new york and has their seat at the un we can negotiate with that guy you know that guy whoever it is uh but it's uh it's over it's humiliating it is the newest latest embarrassment disgrace humiliation that the biden regime has foisted upon this country and i'm with the kathleen kathleen uh uh, McCollum. McCollum. Kathleen McCollum. Um, this is on you. Everyone has voted for him. This is on you. Big do you really meeting. think that? Yes. I, I do. don't think that at all. Yes, because I, I mean, I don't think specifically, you know, like the whatever. I don't think that at all. But I think we knew if you voted for him, no. if you helped him as part of the big media or big tech, if you suppressed, 
in an effort to get him elected. We knew this was what we were getting. We knew we were no, getting a this weak, is, this is the trap. a weak, confused old man. This is the trap Everybody I was talking about before. We don't want this trap. You have this to trap. focus on the elite. The feds are doing this. It doesn't, they're, okay. Well, yes, I, bl I blame so them I, too. Well, you should, but you can't, you can't blame all I Americans. Said, we I need blame to be united everybody, against the government. No, right everybody now. who put him in office. Yeah, I don't think they so. They knew, we knew what we were getting. There were Not no surprise. Not the voters. You can't do yes, that. That's the voters, people in my own it's family. really People, like, my friends, good friends. You're going to go talk to your friends and say, you did yes, this, you put yes, Biden yes. No, it's no, that's fault. not fair. You did this. You it's, did this. No. Did you vote for him, Carano? I don't vote. Oh, Voting puts consent into the system, and I don't consent to it. They're basically then one party. Shut up. You can't complain of if you don't Of course I vote. can complain. No, it's a stronger move to not vote than vote for the lesser of two evils. The, uh, the whole thing is evil. All I, of them are evil. I'm pissed. I only voted once. I wish I could have uh, you know, been like a Biden voter, vote six, seven times. But they knew. There's no surprise here. That's the thing. If they're, well, I agree with if, that. You know, I mean, he's, he's if he was a great campaigner and suddenly just took a turn for the worst, same guy, the one we just played babbling about the FEMA guy. That same guy was the one on the campaign trail. Briefly, most of the time, granted, was spent in his basement hiding and letting the media do, to, to do the job for him, campaign for him. And it worked. The plan worked. And they picked him because he was, again, he Compromised. Like, no, they picked him because he was harmless. So it appeared. You know, just good old Joe. He wasn't, you know, Liz Warren. He wasn't a radical Bernie Sanders. Sure. He seemed kind of benign, kind of innocuous, just this good old Joe, you know, him, been around 50 years and the people around him in the shadows, these, these people who are, are authoritarians at heart, they said, good, we got the guy in there. He's the, the Trojan horse. Now we're going to have our way. And then they started with all the radical agenda, the day one opening the borders and, and, and overturning everything Trump did and then surrendering to the Taliban uh, so if you voted for him, there's no surprise here. This is what you got. This is what you asked for. This is what you wanted, right? I mean, it's what you wanted if you voted for him. I mean, him. every single time is a lesser of two evils. That's that's how everybody justifies. There's, there is a very small minority of people who are super passionate about any candidate. That's just the way it goes. And everybody else, well, the vast majority of everybody else, just votes was, lesser of two evils. You may be right because there was nobody passionate about Joe Biden. Nobody. Zero. There were zero people, and my, my theory is there were zero people who voted for Joe Biden. They just voted against Trump. That's yeah, all. Yeah, it's mostly, was, yeah. Trump got 74 million votes for him and 80 million votes against him. Right. That's what he got. But we knew this guy was unfit for the office. Everybody knew it. You voted for him anyway because you just hated Trump. And here's something that even the staunchest Trump hater and Biden supporter has to admit in their quiet moments. They won't, but they have to admit this never would have happened under Trump. He never would have pulled the military out before the civilians. He never would have given oh, yeah. the, the Taliban $85 billion of U.S. weaponry. I mean, never. I think, I think and any, by the way, he would have answered questions all day, every day. He'd have been accountable. Any competent adult wouldn't have done this. I don't, I don't understand. I mean, he that that's the problem. Is Biden is completely compromised mentally. And this whole thing was a disaster. I, I absolutely agree. But I don't think that anybody would have... No one would have just... No one would have thought that this could have that that, that this could have happened. I, I you know I agree. I agree that no it way. seems it seems you think there's so enough people bad. around him that would be like but, no. But but we've also through this whole crisis gotten to see the people around him. We've gotten to meet you know Blinken, who's completely overmatched. Yeah. We've gotten to meet Jake Sullivan, who every day looks like some like third grader called before the class who didn't do his homework, just pissing his pants in front of the world. It's so humiliating. We got to see Miley, that hack, Millie, I'm sorry, and, and Austin, the whole bunch of these 
these hacks that just politicians trying to save their job. And by the way, this is a fact right now. We're the surrender's over. We're out. We're done. There's, you know, 13 dead Americans, 170 dead Afghans. There's total chaos. There's, there's, they're hanging people from choppers and nobody has lost his job. Nobody has been fired. Nobody has resigned in disgrace, except of course, Lieutenant Colonel Stu Scheller. Again, the voice of the resistance you'll be seeing and hearing a lot from him. He was fired because he questioned the leaders, the military leaders, and uh, the betrayal, as Joey Jones put it, the betrayal that they committed uh, against their own uh, their own country, their own military. It's disgusting, and I don't think anyone. Jen Psaki was asked yesterday if there would be any firings, and she said no. She didn't say, "Well, we'll see." She said no. So we lose a war, twenty year, our longest war uh, against the. Adversary that had no planes, that had no advanced weaponry, that that were you know, that believes that the sun goes down when a dragon blows on it, and half of them you know, they can't count, they can't uh, you know, read. They beat us. A bunch of illiterate goat herders from the seventh century beat us, and nobody pays with his job. Nobody. Saki's got the worst job ever. Imagine, <laughs> she can't believe anything she says. She's not a stupid woman. Like she's a but, smart, she's a smart woman. Yeah, she went to William and Mary. She's smart, but but she must but, like have to. The, you know what they think? Like Kaylee McInerney, look at Ari Flesher, you Dana Perino. You do a year, or leave, not even a year, on that job. You got your ticket written into the media. She could tomorrow. She's only been there seven, eight months. Tomorrow she could get a full time job on CNN, MSNBC. Just keep lying in favor, you know, for Biden. But she could, you know, make, make a, a couple million, million bucks yeah. working at CNN tomorrow, and she will. You know, that's how it works. Especially if you're a good liberal, you get a lot of choice. Because I mean, she's taking all the all the bullets right now. Because Biden's not taking any. He's not taking today, questions, so he's not he's not taking any. Today at one thirty, Biden will step before the cameras, and we'll uh, see if they allow him to take questions today. And we'll see if the whatever drugs they pump him full work and get him through, you know, twenty minutes of of lies and. Uh, on recapping the surrender, but uh, we should leave it there. We don't have, uh, I, I don't even feel like talking about anything else. I don't feel like it. This is historic. This is a dark day, a sad day, a disgraceful day in American history. I was going to talk more about Scott Zolak because people were like uh, happy that he apologized. And I had to remind him that he didn't really apologize. I mean, we've seen this play out before. He was forced to apologize. He didn't mean it. He just said it. Okay. If you think that you know, you won one because this guy said something that you thought was racist, which wasn't, and you got him to apologize. I'm sorry. He didn't really apologize. So just consider that. He was handed a script like a hostage and told to read it, and he did, and he saved the job, and I'm glad he did because he's a good guy and he does a good job. and He didn't do anything wrong, but he didn't really apologize. There's a difference, as we talked about yesterday. Yeah. that He apologized to save his job. That's not like really apologizing. Agreed. <laughs> But uh, he's, I, I think he saved his job. I'm pretty sure. I commend my old uh, competition, 98.5 Sports Hub, because they didn't fire him or suspend him or say he's going to sensitivity training. His ass would have been thrown in the meat grinder if he were at EEI. Those, they would have thrown him to the wolves. He'd be suspended, sensitivity training, everything else. But they stood by their guy. I respect that. I wish, you know, we all worked for a company with that kind of loyalty and integrity, good for them, good for him. And to all the people that thought he was going to, you know, get uh, sacrificed at the altar of the woke mob, suck it. He, that was a pretend, <laughs> that was a pretend apology. All right. You lose again. I'm oh, not again for a change. 
But uh, uh, we shall leave it there, Carano. We'll All be right. watching today as uh, Sleepy Joe rolls on uh, on <laughs> into wherever the Oval Office or the Situation Room or wherever he's doing the uh, press briefing from, and hope he makes it through without completely uh, defecating himself. And we'll see how that goes. You think there'll be hostages by tomorrow? Oh yeah, I think that, I think that's already any, happening. Any, yeah, that's probably true. I think that's already happening. There's already communication. They're just not talking about it yet. Yep, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. But we will leave it there. Thanks to everybody for listening and watching and commenting. And I promise you, Carano read all your comments. And uh, I'll read some too. But uh, we got to leave it there for today. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast. Uh, by the way, thanks to, what's our uh, two interns who are doing a great job? Oh, uh, thanks, Graham and Bailey. You guys are doing. Graham and Bailey. Excellent work. Is um, Bailey a boy or a girl or a dog? Bailey's a dude. Who? A dude. Bailey, excellent job. Graham, excellent job. Keep it up. We appreciate it. But uh, uh, they're doing they're doing promos for you? Yeah, yeah. Well, promos for us, yes. I'm I told you yesterday I did an excellent job. If you follow us on Twitter at The Callahan Show, you can see the promos that Graham and Bailey put together. You can follow Matt Carano at, at, at Matt Carano or follow well, me. at Matthew Carano, but that's okay. I'm sorry, at Matthew Carano. You can follow me. Maybe I'll be live tweeting the, uh, the press briefing today at 1.30. That might be fun. Crazy. But, uh, we shall see. Again, I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast. We'll talk to you. I'm sorry. Callahan Show, Carano. <laughs> correct <laughs> me. He's doing it. You're angry the at me. Callahan, because you're supposed to you know, correct <laughs> well, me. Well, you're the big star. It's I don't hard, just... man. It's hard. <laughs> Get used to this. This is the Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.